circle, yes, we rotate 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, Alright, good evening everyone and welcome to Full Circle, your weekly cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from right here at KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. Tonight on Full Circle, we will bring you voices from the community on tonight's show, We'll get some news on an upcoming event in support of freedom for Leonard Peltier at Santa Cruz Barrios Unidos. Folks from the apprenticeship program and the La Onda Bajita crew will be out there. We'll also hear some voices from the Interrupt Gun Violence Vigil held in Antioch, California, Sunday, June 6th. And we'll also hear from youth activists as they speak with our own Joy Moore and Miss M at an environmentalist community convening of youth hosted by Moving South Berkeley Forward. All that tonight on Full Circle. I am your host tonight, Prevo and Franklin, coming to you from downtown Antioch. This is Bay Miwok territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. All right, again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. My name is Pre Willen Franklin, and I am your host for tonight. And before we get on with the show, I want to give you all some news on the gathering to free Leonard Peltier. Leonard is the longest serving political prisoner in the United States, and this event will be June 20th. That's next Monday, 6 to 9 p.m. at the spot, 1807 Soquel Avenue in Santa Cruz, California. There will be special guest speakers, including Carol Gokey, Gene Roach, and KPFA's own Tony Gonzalez of Across Indian Land, also representing AIM West. And the master of ceremonies will be La Onda Bajita's own Miguel Gavilan Molina. And live music will be there along with some drumming. And we will also be broadcasting flashpoints live from that event from 5 to 6 o'clock. So again, that's Monday, January 20th, 1807 Soquel Avenue in Santa Cruz, California. The event is organized and hosted by Barrios Unidos and sponsored by AIM West, the Answer Coalition, and the International Leonard Peltier Defense Committee. So to see the flyer, you can go to our website just after the show tonight, kpfaapprentice.org. All right, and I hope you all can join us there. I will personally be there along with some other folks from the apprenticeship program and like I said, the Lone Duck crew. But now let's move on with our show tonight because Sunday, June 6th, people out here in Antioch gathered to interrupt gun violence. The event was organized by Reimagine Antioch and our own District 1 representative, Antioch City Council, Tamisha Torres-Walker, and our own District 4 representative, Monica Wilson. 
Many folks from the community came out and spoke and some just to be there in support. Check out these sounds from the event and we're going to kick it off with 15-year-old Anijah Morton. how to start this because even writing it it was hard for me to do speaking it and going over with my mother it was hard for me to do and even thinking of it now it was hard for me to do so <laughs> the topic today isn't easy and hasn't been for many of us when I was making this I couldn't stop thinking what can I do by just speaking what difference can a 15-year-old black girl from Antioch, California going to make? What can I say that victims of gun violence have, haven't already spoken on or pleaded for? But I also couldn't bring myself to stay quiet. I couldn't get the subject at hand out of my mind. So the least I can do is say I spoke and I made what needed to be said heard. In Parkland, Florida, on February 14, 2018, at Stoneman Douglas High School, Nicholas Cruz, who was expelled due to disciplinary reasons and deemed unsafe a year before, approached the school wearing a backpack filled with magazines and carrying a black duffel bag packed with his legally purchased AR-15 semi-automatic rifle. He shot and killed 17 people and injured another 17. In Buffalo, New York, a teenage gunman, entranced by a white supremacist, supremacist ideology known as replacement theory, opened fire at a supermarket in Buffalo on Saturday, methodically shooting and killing 10 black people and injuring three more. The authorities identified the gunman as 18-year-old Peyton Gendron. Drove more than 200 miles, and if you're someone like me who needs a translation, this boy drove three hours away from his home to live stream a mass shooting. <laughs> On May 24, 2022, 18-year-old Salvador Ramos fatally shot 19 students and two teachers, and wounded 17 other people. At Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, he used an AR-15 style rifle that he also used on himself but his grandmother as well before leaving towards the school. Now this one gets personal for me. Dara Valley High School has a reputation for violence and students being out of control. About two years ago, a student known as John John was shot in his leg where he fell and he hit his head, killing him. Because he won a fight against a boy who was originally after someone else, the boy told someone in the crowd to shoot John John. Thursday, May 26, 2022, a group of fights began for the third or fourth time in the time period of two weeks. It got to the point where a student called a family member from off campus to come armed with a gun to shoot the person they had fought. Administration failed to go on proper lockdown and explain to students and staff what was happening. It, was, it wasn't until a week later, and I was lucky to have the biology teacher that I did, that I was told this information. These are all situations most of you probably have heard of. 
but I want to speak on the times where not only I, but other Antioch students and parents have feared in silence. In 2021, around the end of August, students were met with the sight of Antioch police on campus. Confused, we carried on with our day and later figured out that the school sent a voicemail out to families that morning, informing us that an active school shooting threat had been made at Deer Valley High School. I was in health class when my teacher talked about this situation. Even though he mainly focused on the fact how much money came out of the school's funding to get police on campus to watch out for this threat. On September 21st, 2021, two screenshots had begun going around the schools of Antioch Unified School District schools. And against this, against the schools being rumored from Freedom, where, who is part of a different district, Dozier Libby, and all the way to Dare Valley High School, anyone, all anyone knew was that a group of students were going to go around hitting as many schools as they could. Two of my friends who had received both screenshots and only being told that Deer Valley was under an active shooting threat went to the main office. They were turned away by the staff and told that it was in a different state, although it was in a different district only 15 minutes away. One screenshot had three guns being shown in the background and a warning for students to be safe tomorrow. And the other, someone had written on the whiteboard that I'm gonna shoot up the school F tomorrow. And the only thing they did was show a video from the Sandy Hook Promise program, say something, seven months later. Where it stated signs and actions to take before a situation happened. But what I would have liked to be done was for them to speak with the students, comfort us, and let us know and keep us up to date to what was happening on our school campus, a campus we visited every day, and a campus that is now under a threat. This leads me to ask, where are the resources? Where is the help? Where is the support? Teachers are able to express change in a student's behavior and how they can't pay attention in class or whisper to the, from the front of the room if my friend who was crying beside me is okay. But there's no check-in afterwards. There's no one on campus to help with mental health crisis. There's no administration properly trained in mental health, which is a problem. You can't tell me that a teenager can go from perfectly sane and functioning to having the intent to severely injure or kill someone let alone commit a mass shooting. There should be mental health and support resources on campus where teachers can flag students that need to be seen immediately or who may just need to support, <laughs> spaced out in months. One place to start is the school, yes, but <laughs> because the children and teenagers are filling into society's culture of violence, it has to stop now. Another place to start is in our community, as a child is the product of their environment. <sighs> I'm sorry. But what we do about guns, that's the real question. That's where we want to know. Now, what are we going to do about the threat and the weapons used against us in school and the people in our community? There's no way we can just make it disappear from our country, but there is a way for the laws to adapt and catch up with today's time, as right now there's medication with more restrictions than a gun. 
Starting off, the age of which you are able to legally buy and own a gun should be pushed up to 25 years of age when the brain is fully developed. There should be mental evaluations every six months to a year and background checks on the buyer and the immediate family. At least a three-day period before you can receive your gun and no legal purchases of semi-automatic AR-15s and limits on the amount of ammunition and guns you're allowed to have at one time. And because of right now, in my opinion, the government's priorities aren't set straight. You want to worry about the rights of sperm cells, but not the actual rights of the living, breathing, innocent, smiling children who go to school thinking they're safe. I'm seeing kids have my age, and I'm 15 years old, who are dying at the hands of guns because people want the right to flaunt their new shiny toy on social media. Words aren't enough anymore. Saying that you're sending your thoughts and prayers on, on an Instagram story isn't comforting to the families who just lost their six-year-old daughter. It's not comforting for the children who have to live with the memories and what they saw that day. It's not fair to me as I have to sit in a classroom filled with anxiety knowing at any moment I can be another face on the news being called a victim to another tragedy. It's time for actions, for promises to be kept, and for those thoughts and prayers to become a motivation for your help. My name is Anijah Morton, and I thank you for listening. All right, welcome back to Full Circle. That was 15-year-old Anijah Morton speaking at the Interrupt Gun Violence Vigil held in Antioch on Sunday, June 6th. She is actually the daughter of the MC of the event, Tiki Flo. So now let's throw it back to the event. This is Tiki Flo introducing the progressive Antioch City Council members and mayor, Lamar Thorpe, Monica Wilson, and Tamisha Torres-Walker. Once again, I want to thank you guys for coming out. My name is Tiki Flo Watts. I'm here. I'm a resident of Antioch. The reason why we're gathered here today is for gun violence awareness. And the reason why you have on Orange, it was a, a little girl. She spoke when Obama was in office, and a few weeks later, she was killed. So they decided that they wanted to, you know, bring awareness to gun violence, and they wore orange because the hunters use it to protect themselves and others while they're in the field. So that's the reason why we wear orange. It's a weekend. It starts. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So today is the end, end of it. And because we have seen so much gun violence, uh, not just here in Antioch, but all over, it was kind of hard for me to process. Even now, it's hard for me to process. And the only thing that I could think of was to honor not only those victims, but all gun violence victims. And what the weekend is here. So why not this weekend? So once again, I really appreciate you guys for coming out and taking this time with us, with our Antioch residents. So I would like to do a land acknowledgement first. We acknowledge that we are each residing on tribal lands of those who have lived on this land time immemorial. We pay respects to their elders past and present. And right now we reside on the Miwok and the Ohlone's people land. That's giving honor to the indigenous people that America has taken their land over. <laughs> so now 
that we're here, we have our people of Antioch. We have Mayor Thorpe, Mr. Lamar Thorpe. Hi, thanks for coming out. We're gonna give you two minutes if you would like to come up and um, address your Antioch constituents. All righty, well, good evening, everybody, and thank you for being out here. And thank you to uh, the organizers who put this together. You know, it's been uh, an overwhelming uh, last couple of weeks as we've uh, come to grips with uh, some of the deadly shootings that we've seen in our country. And a few weeks, maybe it was two weeks ago, I specifically asked everybody to remain vigilant as we had the last shooting in, in Texas, because we knew that there would be copycats uh, who'd go out there and try to replicate what they've seen on television. And sure enough, we've seen that. But while we wrap our minds around what's happening with these tragic shootings in schools and in public places like in New York, where they specifically targeted African Americans, um, we don't, also don't want to dismiss the fact that outside of those mass shootings in some of our communities, those are, those are that's, unfortunately, that's just part of the way of life. Uh, and it's unfortunate that some communities have to experience the types of shootings and gun violence that, uh, that we don't often talk about, that we often neglect and ignore uh, throughout our communities. Here in Antioch, it's interesting, uh, we saw an uptick in gun violence really in 2007, 2006, way before I moved here, way before Tamisha Walker moved here, and probably about the time you moved here, uh, Councilwoman uh, Wilson. Uh, and it's, it's, I point that out because for years, this city has neglected the gun violence that's existed in our community. And I really want to take the time to recognize Councilmember Torres Walker uh, for the new frame of, uh, of thinking that she's brought to our council and making sure that we're really de de delving into some of the gun violence issues that we've had in our community. Uh, recently, we were awarded $1.7 million for a gun violence reduction program from CalVIP because we want to make sure that we get to the root causes of gun violence. Also, our police department had, had received a public safety partnership from the federal government where we're rethinking and examining how we do business in the Antioch Police Department because we've always done things one way, one linear way, and we're now starting looking at new strategies to deal with some of the gun violence. So we're committed, our council is committed to working on some of these issues and making sure that our communities become safer. So I just wanted to share that as kind of a city update. I, I know some of you have probably experienced gun, gun violence in your lives. I personally have not until I, until I moved to Antioch. Uh, and so it just becomes more and more real to me and more and more painful. The, the pain people have to live with, the trauma people live with when they hear the kinds of shootings or they know about the types of experiences or the loss of life unnecessarily in our communities. But I can assure you that, that we're, we, we are going to work hard to make sure we reduce gun violence and violence overall because it's a problem. Uh, and so I wanted to leave you with those words. Your city government is committed to reducing gun violence. And for those of you who, are, who have experienced loss in your life as a result of gun violence, I can only offer my sincere sympathies and, and condolences 
and know that, that you have people here who are committed to making a change in our community. So with that, I will hand it over back to our lovely MC here. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Now we also have Ms. Monica Wilson. She's a District 4 representative, so if she would like to speak, we can have her now. Yes, uh, thank, you for, <laughs> thank you for having me. Uh, you and the mayor, I just want to e echo the mayor's sentiments. With all these shootings going on, I'm kind of tired of sending my prayers. I want to be in a time. I'm sorry, this is getting to me. I'm just tired of waking up scared. I'm tired of waking up and hearing about communities getting shot up and hearing about people just shopping in the grocery store and getting shot, or young children in our schools going to get an education and getting shot. I'm tired of hearing about this, and I want it to come to an end. And as the mayor had said, we, as, we on council are, are committed to, to working on this. And I too have to thank Councilmember Torres Walker for bringing this to, bringing this to our attention. Let's talk about proactive things. Let's not talk about the end result. Let's talk about proactive things we can do, how we can invest in our youth, how we can invest in more programs, not only sports programs, but programs around education and programs that uplift our community and programs that help our community thrive and do better, programs that keep our community safe and healthy. I'm done with the thoughts and prayers. I want, to, I want us to be in a safe community. Thank you for having me. I'm Councilmember Monica Wilson from District 4. Thank you. All right, one more. We have our very own District 1 Council Lady, Tamisha Torres Walker. Hi, friend. That's, that's my friend over there. Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Tamisha Torres Walker, Councilwoman for District 1, where we are now. This beautiful um, Waldy Plaza is a part of the District 1. And I got to say that the last two weeks have felt really heavy for a lot of folks, right, across the country with the mass shootings and the gun violence. And what I reflected on was that the last two weeks, is the everyday experience and occurrence for some of our residents here in the city of Antioch. And we should be just as outraged at the everyday occurrences as we are the things that do not occur in our community. And when I first moved to Antioch eight years ago, four months after I closed on my home, five people were killed up the street from my home on Cavallo. And I couldn't believe that I had done all of this work around gun violence prevention to try to make a community safe where I wanted to live, to come to a community where I could afford to live just to experience the same gun violence. And some conversations, and I know me and Naja had this conversation earlier, when people say, why are you blaming the guns? It's violence. Violence is the problem, and I agree. I agree that we live in a violent culture. If you took away a gun, I would use a knife. If you took away a knife, I would use a rock. If you took away a rock, I would use a stick. If you took away a stick, I would use my fist because we live in a violent culture. We have to start to demand that we live better. 
that we denounce violence, that we denounce violent cultures. And a lot of that is gonna have to take us coming together and deciding what quality of life do we wanna live in our communities where violence isn't an everyday occurrence for some of our, some or all of our residents. The crown jewel of any city should be its people. I'm gonna say it again. The crown jewel of any city should be its people. And, this, and I just wanna read some data that folks from here today at home tomorrow, they had a town hall on our housing element, which is also important. And this data was so scary for me and it made me sad. Now this is data gathered by our city. 80, this data says, and we can argue it or not, that 89.6% of Antioch residents live in areas identified as low resource or high segregated and poverty areas. Based on factors like access to education, prevalence of poverty, proximity to jobs, economic opportunities, and low population levels or more. 31% of households are susceptible to experiencing displacement. 19.2% are at risk of undergoing gentrification. And 6.8% live in an area where low-income households are likely excluded due to prohibitive housing costs. That would mean that, what, 11% maybe? How, how much is that, 11%? 12% of our residents actually have wealth and are well off, which would mean that the majority of our folks are living in poverty and experiencing violence and lack of resources every day. And so when I think about how do we reduce violence in our community, going after grants like the CalVIP grant is just one way. Pulling resources down so that we could do something different than we've historically done is just one way. But there are a lot of ways. But it can only happen if we stop fighting and come together and decide that every life is valuable. No matter what a person was doing when they became a victim of gun violence, they should not have lost their life. And so we have to create a culture where we value life and we have to start giving people dignity. And this CalVIP grant and other initiatives that the city is looking at now is just a couple ways, but I know there are some great ideas out there. And so I appreciate everybody that showed up tonight. And I wish the Twitter warriors and the keyboard warriors and the hundreds of people who were outraged last week would have showed up here tonight if they're still outraged. And I'm outraged that they didn't show up here tonight because I'm working hard to try, I'm at least trying. I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on Twitter, I'm not on Nextdoor, I'm right here. Where are you? I'm right here. Where are you? Thank you for coming and being present. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Antioch Council members. I appreciate your time for coming out. All right, you're listening to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM, KPFA and KPFA.org. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network, 
And you just heard some sounds and some voices from the interrupting gun violence vigil held Sunday, June 6th out here in Antioch at Antioch's Waldy Plaza. You can follow Antioch District 1 Representative Tamisha Torres Walker on her Facebook page at Tamisha Walker for District 1 Antioch City Council. We will also post a link to her page on our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight. And that happens to be it for me tonight, Free Will and Franklin. Good evening, everyone, from out here in downtown Antioch. I'm going to pass the mic on to our own Joy Moore, and she will introduce her special guests, youth activists as part of the environmentalist community convening of youth hosted by Moving South Berkeley Forward. And I'm going to close up my half of the show with one more voice from the Interrupting Gun Violence Vigil. This is Denise Dillahunt singing Rise Up. Good night, everyone. You've broken down and tired of living life on a merry-go-round and you can't find the fighters but I see it in you, so we're gonna walk it out and move mountains. We're gonna walk it out and move mountains. And I'll rise up, I'll rise like the day, I'll rise up, I'll rise unafraid, I'll rise. And I'll do it a thousand times again. I'll rise up, I'll rise like the day, I'll rise up, I'll rise unafraid, I'll rise up, and I'll do it a thousand times again for you. For you, for you, oh, for you. Mm. When the silence isn't quiet, and it feels like it's getting hard to breathe, and I know you feel like dying, but I promise we'll take the world to its knees, and Move mountains, take it to his knees. We'll move mountains, and I'll rise up, I'll rise like the day, I'll rise up, I'll rise unafraid, I'll rise up, and I'll do it a thousand times again. All right, we're back. You're listening to Full Circle on 94.1 FM, KPFA Pacifica. And I'm your host for this segment, Joy Moore. Tonight on this half, we're focusing on youth activism. 
and on May 21st, Ms. M and I attended an environmentalist community convening of youth. It was hosted by Moving South Berkeley Forward, or MSBF, and it was held at McGee Avenue Baptist Church. We spoke with several youth attendees and an organizer, Cahill Bercellis, about the goals of the gathering. Let's take a listen. Okay, first I'm gonna just have you introduce yourself. My name is Cahill Vercellis, and I'm currently working with the youth group Moving South Berkeley Forward as the project coordinator. Could you tell us a little bit about what that group is doing? Yeah, it's a really awesome group that I've been lucky to be a part of for three years now. Um, so basically, we work with Berkeley High students of color, and we pair them with Cal student mentors, also students of color. And our project is focused on the Santa Fe right-of-way, which is a railroad, previous railroad that ran diagonally through South Berkeley. Uh, it actually ran from Oakland to Richmond. And the portion of it that runs through South Berkeley is, was found to be contaminated with arsenic and other heavy metals that the railway would spray uh, to kill the gophers and things that would mess up the rail bed, unfortunately. Um, and so there's seven parcels that, if you start at Spiral Gardens, um, northwest of that, it runs diagonally, and there's a set of seven parcels that are fenced off because it's contaminated. Um, and it's just an inaccessible space to the city that could be used as a place to grow food, um, as a place for people to gather outside, especially when South Berkeley has the least amount of green space, especially compared to North Berkeley with um, Tilden Park and the Rose Garden. And, you know, they have these really great parks, but then you go to South Berkeley and you have San Pablo Park, but which is mostly recreational, like, and they did that whole remodel. Um, so our whole project is focused on transforming the space into an accessible green space, including a youth-run garden. Um, and some really positive news, we worked, our students actually worked with the Parks Department this past year and we got state funding from Prop 68 for the development of five of the parcels. So it was like a five million dollar grant and that includes excavation of the soil and bringing in clean soil and then park development and garden development. So would the youth themselves also be doing part of the work or is that going to be contracted out? You know, that's what our next stage is as Moving South Berkeley Forward. I envision that we really have to keep the city accountable because another thing to remember is that the main reason they got Prop 68 funding was because this area is in South Berkeley, an area you see the most families of color, the highest, lowest median incomes, um, and also the highest rates of disease, cardiovascular, childhood asthma, type 2 diabetes you know, which we're all kind of familiar with, um, unfortunately. But that's really what we're gonna have to fight for with the city is ensuring that part of this space gets preserved for students of color to come and actually be in connection with the soil, put their hands in the soil, connect with the earth, connect with each other, have a space where you can just hang out after school. You don't have to spend money. You can go and have a place where you can take classes. We're hoping to have an outdoor education space 
um, and invite healthy black families, who's another, you know, the point of this whole event, the Youth of Color convening, is to connect us with all these resources that are in our community. So have a place where people can come in and do uh, cooking classes, nutrition classes. People can come and test their blood pressure. You know, really just become a health resource for students, for their families, for the whole community. Do you have a projected timeline for either start or completion of the project? I don't have the exact timeline, but if you go onto our website, uh, which is movingsouthberkeleyforward.weebly, W-E-E-B-L-Y.com. Um, under the news tab, we're updating things with the Prop 68 progress. So currently, we had done a survey of South Berkeley residents that our students actually designed, um, asking what people want to see in the space, because we really want to make sure we're not coming in and just telling the community what they need, but you know, asking what they, what they need and what they want to see. And the Parks Department used that information when they were applying to the grant. And so the timeline is going to be at least two years, two plus. Um, but the updates will be on our website as we hear. Okay, anything else you'd like to share? Something. I guess I just want to touch on this convening, because this is the first ever convening that our organization has put together. And it's called the Youth of Color Environmental Convening. And the idea behind it was to bring together groups similar to ours, because you know ours is not unique in a way. We're all kind of working towards the same goal. So today we have uh, Camp ANV, Acton on Verba here from Oakland. Later on today, we're going to have some students from Richmond with Urban Tilth. Um, we have some students invited from the Gill Tract in Albany. And we just wanted to have this space where Youth can really come together because youth are the future leaders um, to come together and form a network where they feel supported by each other in the work that they do. Because it can be, it's very easy to get burnt out from community work. And it's very easy to feel pessimistic and like you don't know what to do in the face of all these issues. Um, but we're really just trying to keep the hope with one another and see the light in each one of us. Um, yeah. What other organizations are involved? So, they're on the back of my t-shirt, <laughs> which you guys can't see. Um, but we are also partnering with the Ecology Center. They're our fiscal agent, and they also have a youth program that uh, puts on the farmer's market. Uh, the youth aren't here today because they're also having like a salsa festival today at the farmer's market. Um, Healthy Black Families has a youth group that's invited, uh, like I mentioned, Acton on Verba, Urban Tilth, uh, Sigorte Land Trust, which is the indigenous woman-led um, project that's working on rematriating land to the Ohlone. Um, they also have a youth group that's up and running, and their youth are invited. Um, but yeah, there's plenty more to grow. I'm sure there's more that we're not even aware of, but that's the whole point of this, is to build this umbrella for all of us. Thank you so much, and let's get that contact um, site again, please. Yeah, so you can find information at www.movingsouthberkeleyforward.weebly.com. Thank you so much. We have with us one of the Youth of Color participants, and I'm going to have him introduce himself. 
Hi, my name is Daniel. I'm a Berkeley High senior and student uh, intern at this project mo called Moving South Berkeley Forward. Tell me how you became involved and interested in this program. Uh, so I was a sophomore in high school and um, my friend Angel was actually in this program for like a year or two and he told me about it. I didn't really know much about the project. I just knew that it was uh, an internship. So I went to the first meeting and uh, when I went there, I was just introduced to a lot of information about my community that I didn't know. And I think that's something that really inspired me to be a part of this project and uh, help tackle uh, the issues that are seen in this community. What do you see as part of the problems or issues that need to be improved? One of the main issues that I see is a lack of access to healthy resources, sustainable resources, specifically healthy food. In South Berkeley, there are more corner stores than healthy grocery markets. And if you go to other areas of Berkeley, it's the opposite. There are no corner stores at all and just grocery markets. And that is an issue that um, I see because this, this affects the health of the community, especially um, now because of the COVID-19 pandemic, many people do not have access to healthy resources at all. So it's important that we help create these green spaces where people can cultivate healthy food and um, get educated about sustainability and the healthy resources that they can get um, and they should get. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add about what you're looking forward to with this project? So we recently just got a grant, a Prop 68 grant, and hopefully uh, in the next couple of years we're gonna start testing the soil of these green spaces and hopefully maybe in a couple of years we'll see uh, some community gardens and a beautiful green space in South Berkeley. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, we're here with another one of the young students who's participating in this Youth of Color event, and I'm going to have him introduce himself. Hello, um, my name is Baruch Teodros, and I'm going into my senior year at UC Berkeley. So I'm one of the mentors with uh, the Moving South Berkeley Forward environmental convening that we have here today. And what is the role of a mentor? We kind of are here to give guidance and support the students. It's really a student-led um, event, and the entire process of planning the event throughout the year has been about like, like empowering the students to um, work on a social justice project, which is where they each choose a kind of avenue for change and an issue that they want to focus on. So um, Daniel, who is my mentee, has been working on like contacting the city council members of Berkeley, um, and they've been talking about the different like 
environmental um, issues that are relevant for Berkeley. So there's, um, there's a railroad near here that they're working to turn into a garden and then a green space, which is like a long-term project of MSBF. But other things they're talking about is just like plastic waste in Berkeley. So we really have been um, just trying to empower the students to like see avenues to make change and see how possible that is. And also like just be there and talk to them about college, talk to them about life and just be like, a kind of older, an older presence and just a, just an ear that we can provide to them. First of all, what department is your major and how did you learn about this mentoring opportunity? So I um, am doing a simultaneous degree program in global studies and then the other one is called conservation resource studies. I actually found out about the program because I volunteer at the Berkeley Student Farms. So me and Allison and Emea, who are other mentors, all like met each other at the farms. And Allison, I believe, was the first person to be working with MSBF. Emea and I um, actually both were camp counselors at Acton on Verba last summer. And they're the other org that's here at the convening today. And after that summer, Emea and I like talked to Allison about the work that we did and how we really enjoyed like being with students. Um, there were young kids at the summer camp and just like being able to talk about how environmentalism and urban agriculture is really important. And then Allison connected us with Ms. Haskins and the team here at Moving South Berkeley Forward. So. It's been really, it's been really great. And it's been really wonderful and beautiful to see like how tight-knit and interconnected the East Bay, like urban agriculture, environmentalism sphere is. So tell me a little bit about the organization. You said that you were at a, a camp event. Tell me a little bit about that organization as well, please. So um, Acton on Verba is like a youth urban farm based in East Oakland. And uh, they have a lot of really cool programs. They have like a community supported agriculture program, which allows them to connect East Oakland residents with produce from local farms. Um, they have a program that allows for kids to like, to plan um, work on growing and then also harvest produce in a farm, and then they get to sell that produce, and all the money goes into savings accounts for the different kids. Um, they have a summer camp, which is really focused on like giving the kids access to green space and exposure, but also like painting, and we did archery, and we would travel around. Like I remember we went to Chrissy Field, and it was a lot of these kids' first time seeing the Golden Gate Bridge, and you know, they live like 30 minutes away. Um, so it, it's a really, really beautiful, powerful organization. And I feel so, like, so grateful to have been, um, like, to have helped out there. And it's been really sweet to, like, be reconnecting with a lot of my campers. And Jada, who is one of, like, my assistant counselor, I just saw her, like, a couple of minutes ago. She's here at the convening. So, yeah. So I'm wondering probably because my realm is totally different. What is your thought about how people can learn more about 
uh, the programs and how the word can get out about them? You know, um, for Acton on Berba, it has a very large presence within the community. So a lot of the students that were attending summer camp like live in the neighborhood that the summer camp is held. And um, we were at Acorn Woodlands Elementary, and then the Acton on Verba actual office is like right around the corner. So I think it has held such a position that it's become a fixture within the community. I don't mean to speak for the community, but I think that this is kind of a similar thread I see with moving South Berkeley forward, where a lot of our students, they all go to Berkeley High, but a lot of them like went to the same elementary school and live all within the same like two, three block radius. So I think it's a lot of word of mouth. I don't know the best ways to try and expand these programs. Um, but I do know that the the like real community integration is working and it's keeping people coming back. One of our student mentees, Zanedra, their eldest sister was actually in the first cohort of um, MSBF mentees. So um, we have Zanedra and their two older siblings all here at the convening today, which I think kind of speaks to how this organization is really like it's a community-based thing. We see it um, generationally, and I think that's really wonderful. Anything else that you would like to add before we wrap? Thank you for coming out, taking the time, spreading the message. I think like us um, having this conversation on KPFA is another way that we can get word out about these organizations and about these kind of programs. So appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, so now we're joined by Zion from Acta Nonverba, one of the organizations that I strongly support. Uh, welcome, Zion. Yes, hello. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Full Circle. So um, what do you do at Acta Nonverba? At Acta Nonverba, um, we do farming and community building because we have a lot of children from different age groups. So there's a big range and we communicate with each other and at our farm we plant a lot of things we even have a beehive that we create our own honey with and we create sustainable farming and plants at our farm and how long have you been at Acton non berba um i joined back in 2014 after my mom learned about the program from our cousin and it was in within my neighborhood. So they went there and they told my mom about it. So I got to go there. So at the um, Youth Environmental Convening at McGee Avenue Baptist Church, tell me what was that all about? Why, um, why were you there and what did you gain from that experience? Um, the goal was to connect and build community among programs that serve youth so we can learn a little bit more about what's going on in like the farming community. And I learned um, about how a soil testing kit can create a stable foundation in your home garden. So like you don't have to plant stuff outside of your home and it won't erode around your house. Okay. And was there anything specific you took away that you wanna share with our audience or with your community, anything? special that you heard or learned 
um, that you want to share? I really appreciated that, like, young people in high school are learning about this early, and they're teaching us young so that when we, when I get older, I can teach others that are young, and we can make a difference in the whole world. Excellent. And where is Afternoon Verbal located? Afternoon Verbal is located in Tassiferanga Village in East Oakland, California. All right. Thank you so much for joining us here on Full Circle. I really appreciate youth activism. That's what this show is about. Your courage and your ability to help your community and to learn new things and how to sustain life is very exciting. And I really appreciate you joining us on Full Circle today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. All righty. Thank you. Did you want to share anything else or say anything else before we end? I really want to thank this program for doing this for us. It's great to see how young children can learn things that people are usually learning when they're older so we create a better environment for our community in the future. All right. Thank you, dear. I appreciate it. All right, that was Zion from Afternoon Berba. This is Joy Moore, and you're listening to Full Circle.
That was the sounds of blackness. Hold on, a change is going to come. And we've seen some of that change last month at an environmental activist youth gathering at McGee Avenue Baptist Church. Wow, is all I can say. Wow. I'm so excited about all that's going on with our youth these days. And though it may seem the world is spinning out of control, many of the youth are informed, activated, and involved, and they're making a better future for all of us. Thanks to the next generation. Okay, that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org. You can get an archive of this show there, as well as links and information um, relating to the organizations we spoke to tonight. Don't forget, if you can, donate what you can at kpfa.org. We can't keep on doing what we do without our community support. I want to give a shout out and thanks to our Full Circle crew. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Free Will and Franklin. And me, myself, Joy Moore, um, is production consultant. And everyone, please remember, while you're out there, protect your health and your humanity. Stay tuned to KPFA 94.1 FM. Up next, La Onda Baita.